we may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 57, the show that always leaves you satisfied and smiling. Each episode, we will check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft, one or two topics at a time. My name is Jin, the one that likes things that are really hard. And I'm joined by someone that finds a way to go all night long. It's Allie. <laughs> I feel like both these things are really true. Yeah, it's it is all yeah. true. And yeah, I'll, I'll rab robbed from Jim from the office. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel like you should be playing. Why are you not playing the bumper right now? Like I just feel like I mean, which you're one? You want, you, want, there. you want OG or the new one? Because I like them both. OG, that one's OG. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because that's actually that moment where you know Jim's Jim's torturing him and it's true, absolutely trying to make him say it, and then you know he blurts <laughs> it out like that. You have to go OG on that one. It's true. It's true. Well, yeah. speaking of yeah. the OG, hey, Allie, how you, how you doing? Hmm? Apparently, I'm the OG. I was unaware of this. What's up, What's OG? Up? <laughs> What's up? I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Uh, me neither. <laughs> oh goodness! Hi. Hi, what's up? <laughs> so I finally got my, you know, we do the whole Death Knight starring zone stuff in Wrath of the Lich King classic. And then you get the mount in retail. I got my mount. It nice. happened. Nice. It's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. I'm happy about that. It is a pretty great looking mount. It really is. It is. And plus, it's a fun starring zone anyway. So that was cool to go through again. It was one of those things where... I wish I had more time to play Wrath in general because I still like it. All that, you know, sentimental stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday, but it, it, this time is not that time. That's true. That's true. Same with yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? My raid team's still plugging along on achievements. And I finished Return of Monkey Island on my stream on Sunday. Ooh. Is it good? I was excited about that. It's good. I'm, I'm very pleased with what they did with this game. Yeah, it looked they, good. Yeah, like they, they found a way to honor the game and be the pirate cheesy adventure game that it is. And you'll give a little bit of an update. It's it's good. I really like what they did with it. So it was it was very pleasing to finish that. Beautiful. Yeah. I like that. That's kind of kind of it though, gaming wise for me. How how have you been? What you been up to? Kinda nothing. I was actually talking about this. I was like, what did it do? And um yeah, so that's the problem. See, uh, this this episode, in case you don't know everybody, is actually being recorded one week earlier than it's normally recorded. Yes, I feel like I don't have a whole lot to share. So we're just like, what would you do? We're like, well, normally I have more time to come up with something. Uh, <clears throat> so nothing. A uh, whole lot of nothing. I mean, I went shopping on the weekend. That was fun. That, that's exciting. So, so running. Yay. But yeah, no, I mean, nothing. Anyway, I can tell you the fun stuff that's actually happening in the future. And by the time you hear this, it's already happened. So here we go. So I will be traveling to Washington, D.C. for a conference. Fun time. Uh, as soon as you hear this, don't worry, I'm not there anymore. So bye, everybody. 
<laughs> so you can't stalk me. That's that's what I'm saying. You can't stalk. Me. Uh, <laughs> well, that's no fun. Yeah, it's no fun. I'm sorry. It's no fun. And the other thing is, uh, oh, this Thursday. Woo! I'm excited. I'm actually excited. This Thursday, I'm getting my updated booster. Yes. Just be shot in four. Boom. I still need to. I never actually got. Wait, did I get third one? I did get third one. Yep. I'm collecting them all, baby. I feel like I'm missing a booster in there somewhere. But yeah, the newest one I haven't gotten yet. I need to. Yeah, I just signed up for my appointment today. Because why? Those stories are interlinked. Because it's like, well, I'm freaking traveling. Yeah. I'm going to get yeah. my boosty. <laughs> so, so there we go. Don't, don't want to get that business again. Yeah, no. Or at least, you know, try to keep it minimal. Exactly. It's no fun. Yeah. It really is no fun. No. So there you go. There's your, there's your PSA, everybody. Get your booster if you can't. There you go. Yeah. But other than that, that's it. I mean, it's, it's like a whole lot of nothing for us. Sounds like, sounds like right? Yeah, kind of nothing? Yeah, yeah, we should just move on. Yeah, right, that's, we're going to move on. Nothing beats a brew shared between friends. Especially when it's Mountain Dew or water or whatever you got over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we had a drink plan tonight. It was Jen's idea. It was a great idea. I have everything for it. I was excited for this idea. And today my stomach's like, you're not drinking that. You're not even finishing your coffee today. I'm like, well, F. So tonight I messaged Jen and told him, hey, I'm going to stick to water tonight, but you can totally have the drink still. And he was like, we'll just save it for next week. It's fine. It's fine. Well, next episode. Not mm-hmm. next week. Next episode. Yep. That's what I did because I was like, it's always better when you get you get everything prepared already. It's it's, it's a beautiful thing. But it's like, it is. It is. It's like, hey, what do you want to do? Well, what do I have? So yeah, I'm I'm drinking a beautiful uh, gas station fountain drink, and it's it's delicious, and I love it. It's diet Mountain Dew. Is it Mountain Dew? It is diet Mountain Dew. It's diet Mountain Dew. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's fantastic. It tastes like uh, you know, it tastes like I don't know. It's not AMPM. It's like a Chevron gas station Mountain there Dew. There you go. <laughs> it tastes like Chevron gas station diet Mountain Dew. I can't say I've had. The Chevron gas station Mountain Dew. It's pretty good. Pretty good. So this water's nice. pretty good. It's, it's filtered. It's especially wet it's this cold. time of year. <laughs> wow. I think it's the first time a really bad joke finally killed Allie. Look wow. At <laughs> I I can't I can't even I need to like stop putting my head to the mic. <laughs> So it doesn't like make noises on the stream. I think I think usually the audio doesn't catch it, but no. Yeah, <laughs> it's like my new version of face palming that Jen makes me do sometimes <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> what? It was a perfectly fine joke. I don't know what you're talking about. It was it was perfectly fine. Well done, sir. That well done. And I can't even take credit for it. That's actually so. You know how you're really into Monkey Island? Well, I like yeah, yeah. the Quest for Glory series. Yes. And in Quest for Glory 4, there's a water barrel that you can click on, and it always says, The water is especially wet this time of year. <laughs> so that's what I, I always say that when anyone's like, oh, I like it. I'm drinking water. Yeah, well, it is especially wet this time of year. It's quite, it's quite nice. Speaking of quite nice, let's see. Uh, oh, hey, I did these notes, so you have a job to do. Oh, hey, I do. Oh, hi. Hey, now that we've talked about what drink we're having... My, my water right here. Mountain Dew. Uh, hey. And Mountain Dew over there. Yep, yep. Uh, hey. Hi. <laughs> to Patreon time. 
<laughs> where I swear every time it's my turn, I make it just a little more awkward because it's just that's who I am. But hey, hi, hey, hi. Do you like supporting shows that talk about the hobbies or at least attempt to talk about the hobbies and interests that you are also into? Do you find yourselves talking back at the host out loud while listening in the car or, or right on the train or cleaning or taking dogs for a walk or maybe just laughing at us, especially after the last episode? If you answered yes to any of those questions or anything about any of this, stay tuned until the end of the show to find out how you can keep this show and our ridiculous habits going. And now you can not feel guilty anymore. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of which, we need to get into this. How am I supposed to live, laugh, love in these conditions? Yeah, you're damn right, because, well... It's been a while since we've been covering this, over a year, in fact. Well, guess what? There has been another lawsuit filed against uh, Activision Blizzard. Yeah, whole other one. Mm-hmm. Now, this one doesn't seem to have the same quite bombshell nature because, well, we already kind of expected it. This one was actually filed uh, anonymously, too, so we don't have any, any names or anything like that, which is totally fine. If you want to keep your anonymity, please do so. But anyway... This lawsuit uh, filed against Activision Blizzard is claiming the company failed to prevent sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace. And the complaint details how the employee's manager, and this person is named specifically Miguel Vega, harassed her and even threatened to release illicit photos of her if she didn't agree to sleep with him. Sounds like a real dirtbag. Yeah. Yep. All right, anyway, a spokesman for Activision Blizzard said that the statement that the company takes uh, all employee concerns seriously, and then when the concerns were reported, they immediately investigated the claims and fired Mr. Vega 10 days later. Anyway, so that's that's the article. That's basically all we know. Now, the one thing to keep in mind is that this manager was fired September of 2021, about two months after the initial story broke. So it is alleged, and I would agree with this, that the reason he was finally fired is they couldn't keep doing the kind of crap that they've always been doing and just ignoring the actions of serial abusers. So they finally fired him now that people were finally paying attention to this horrible abuse. Do you agree with my thoughts and uh, assumptions on this one, uh, Allie? I do. I do. I kind of feel timeline-wise, there were a few people who were either fired or mysteriously disappeared. Around that time, and I'm guessing he was caught up in that because they realized, oh, we're getting caught out on bad stuff. We need to actually start doing things. Oh, noes. And they fired him. Yep. That's what it feels that, like. that feels about right. Yep. Yep. It's like, oh, no, the truth came out. Damn. Uh, well, I guess we got to fire 97 people. Or, I don't know. I'm just making numbers up. <laughs> so... I don't know. So it actually does seem like that they're they definitely have some type of grounds to stand on if they say that the company failed to prevent sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace. And it was only another lawsuit that kind of spurred them into action. So I don't know. Seems like there might be some something there. But anyway, that's all the information we have on this, because, again, this was uh, filed anonymously and we can just go off of what is in the complaint. Not much has really come out yet. Uh, other than the fact that a complaint was filed. But there is one more tiny little quick thing that we can cover, and that is over there in Blizzard Albany. This is uh, 
when they acquired Vicarious Visions, you know, the uh, crew that made the, like, remake of the Tony Hawk and then got absorbed and did the, like, super cool, I don't know, remake, of, I think it was Diablo 2 or something, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, the Vicarious Visions, <laughs> now Blizzard Albany. Well, their QA staff has pretty much followed the same route as the Raven Studios, all 22 employees of them, and they have won the right to vote on forming a, a labor union because the NLRB said, go team, go. Woo! Woo! And there it is. There's your, there's your uh, little ABK update. Any other thoughts before we move on, Allie? <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, if there's no more thoughts, because that's about all we have. It's, uh, yeah. Not a ton of news, but it's something. It's worth mentioning. It's a mixed bag. Always. It's a mixed bag this yeah. week. Bad and bad and some good. We'll see what comes from it, because, yeah, they don't have a labor union yet. It's just they want the right to vote on it. So, all right. Well, let's get into it. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you about? What you about? What you talking about? Oh my goodness, all sorts of stuff. All right. So I got a quick question for you, everybody. Are you like me? And did you think this was supposed to be one of the final quotes in a cinematic ever uttered? Brother, your crusade is over. No. Yes, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Could have been. Well, if you didn't, and you just figured we would keep having fun on a Hello Kitty Island adventure, well, then you were right, and I was wrong. <laughs> but let's go ahead and just say, hey, give me a moment. I'm going to go ahead and explain myself why I thought this. And why it felt like this was the end to the Warcraft story that had been building up to since 1994. Well, to best tell the story, we're to go over in order that was presented to me over the course of the now 28 years. So, we're going to start at the beginning. Warcraft 1, Orcs and Humans. The First War. So, my first exposure to the Warcraft universe was from Warcraft 2 Tides of Darkness. But me and my family, we picked up the battle chest from our local Walmart, and it contained Warcraft 1. Which I did play through the campaign, and I read the manual to understand the backstory. Well, at that time, uh, all we really knew was some orcs had invaded Azeroth through a dark portal. And it was a man named Medivh that had helped the orcs get here. But why had he done that? Well, when he was born... He was possessed by the spirit of the dark titan Sargeras. All of the events that would later unfold come back to this moment. The opening of the dark portal and the orcs invading Azeroth. And it was all due to Medivh being corrupted by Sargeras. But who was Sargeras and how and why did he corrupt Medivh? Now we get to go all the way back to find out. There we go. All the way back. All the way back. Because when we look at Chronicles Volume 1... We are given a glimpse at how the universe may have come into existence. At the birth of the universe, one of the first events to take place was the awakening of the first Titan, Amunthul. When he emerged from the planet that his world soul had been growing within, he knew there had to be more of him, so he set out to find more beings like himself. But before we continue, it was actually confirmed during BlizzCon 2019 that the Chronicles series are written from a certain perspective. The, the thing to remember about Chronicle that I want you to think about is that, you know, even any history, uh, even something that's as encyclopedic as Chronicle, is written from a certain point of view. 
And if you look at uh, the history of Azeroth that was contained in there, and even the, you know, what it talked about in terms of the cosmos and things like that, whose point of view would that have been from? Well, uh, that's right, the Titans' point of view and the people who worked for the Titans. Someone got a gold star in the audience. That was Pyromancer. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, so it's written from the perspective of the Titans, which, you know, at first we we're like, oh, but these were supposed to be like encyclopedia of everything and all the canon ever. And what does this change? And so then we all started talking about how like through the lens of the Titans and um, narrators and whatnots. But that clip does not actually impact our discussion today, but it certainly will in a very near future episode. Chronicle is a record of events that can be trusted to lay out what happened, but the one part of the book is that it has to be examined further is anytime it discusses the Titans or the Titan Keepers, because again, it's from their perspective. But back to Almond Thule and the rest of the Titans, for countless eons, the Titans roamed the great dark beyond in search of more of their kind, but they also couldn't help setting things in order when things fell out of place because that's what they're about. They're all about that order, right? And the one thing that the Titans hated the most was demons. Demons are the antithesis of Titans because, you know, demons are not about that order of life. No, not Titans at all. are. No, no, no. They like that chaos business because demons are the embodiment of that chaos business while the Titans, again, are order. So very early in the story of Sargeras, the strongest of all the Titans, mind you, he was tasked with hunting down, destroying all these demons that were messing up all their preciously ordered things. And it was all pretty and stuff. And they were all messing it up and making it dirty. But in the process of knocking down their toys and shit. Yeah, rude. (laughs) They make these parade towers and come out and just knock it down like a bully. How dare they? (laughs) <laughs> but in the process of trying to deal with all these demons by locking them up because they keep coming back if they're, if they're killed, you know, twisting nether and blah, blah, blah. Sargeras was told about the Void and what the Void Lords planned to do to reality. These Void Lords had sent giant mounds of Void made whole by flinging a part of the Void into the world, just flinging it everywhere, making more of a mess of things. Where these mountain range-sized aberrations embedded themselves into planets across the cosmos in an attempt to corrupt a titan and eventually corrupt the whole entire universe. Well, as you very well may likely know, this news did not sit well with our old pal Sargeras. You see, he was on a quest to make it all orderly, not full of void and whatnot. Although you have to admit, the universe of nothingness is kind of orderly in its own way. It's true. It is. Well, this is the moment that kicked off the Burning Crusade. Sargeras believed the only way to spare the universe from the Void Lords was to purge it of all life. The fallen Titan and his army set forth upon their first planet, extinguishing entire species without mercy. As news of the devastation spread, Sargeras was confronted by his former student, Agrimar. When Agrimar's words would not sway the Legion's leader, swords were drawn. Blow after blow, the duel raged between the powerful Titans until their weapons shattered. Wounded, Agrimar returned to the Pantheon to report on Sargeras' betrayal and the coming war. As the Pantheon prepared to fight back, the other Titans pleaded with Sargeras to stand down. 
Sargeras refused, attacked Agrimar, and charged his demons forward. The Burning Legion's might was unmatched, and it consumed the Pantheon in an apocalyptic fellstorm. Yeah, all right. Quick two things to clarify here. Before Sargeras and the Pantheon kicked off the little battle, Amethul told him that he and the rest of the Titans had discovered Azeroth and how it contained a world soul more powerful than any of them. So that was one very important little tidbit that was not in that clip, but in Chronicle. Okay, right. All right. There may also have been mentioned of the old gods on the planet, but, you know, those were totally taken care of and locked away. They're like, yeah, we took care of it. They're fine. Anyway, Sargeras took great interest in the planet, but he did not yet know where it was located because they were like, yeah, this is a really cool planet. Where is it? You're on a need-to-know basis, bro, and uh, you don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going chippy chop on planets. Let's not, uh... No, we're not going to tell you where right. that one's at. Also, when Sargeras defeated the Pantheon, their spirits didn't die. Okay, we're going to... I might have to, like, interject because I forgot to put these in the notes, but I'll tell you a little bit of a little thing that's important here. It's kind of funny. Anyway, only their bodies were destroyed. The Titan Organon weaved a spell that sent their spirit to Azeroth where they inhabited Titan Watchers. Okay, so that was the, the kind of like early, early stuff. Now, yes. Let's take a little quick synopsis of the next time, next time on Sargeras's crazy crap, the War of the Ancients. So, roughly 10,000 years ago, Sargeras finally found the location of Azeroth by reaching through the Twisting Nether to a night elf named Xavius. Yeah, Lord Xavius, he was just like, humma da humma da humma, the well of eternity is really cool. And Sargeras is like, Jose, what now? What is that? Okay, I'm gonna go talk to that guy. Hey, <laughs> look, it's Azeroth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I found it. I heard about this. All right. <laughs> so Sargeras was able to locate the planet due to how much arcane magic that night elves started to use. So, well, so that's the thing. A real quick little fun little synopsis. So, freaking order. If you look at the uh, little, the little chart, cosmology chart, that's the one. So you look at the <laughs> cosmology chart, arcane is in the area of order. Okay. So whenever you get the well of eternity, which is a basically a gaping hole into the world soul, Titan, right? You don't crept on arcane power. So there we go. That's how. So Sargeras was like, oh, hey, there it is. It's like a big, big nightlight. Sweet. I see it. All right. So. He's able to see basically where Azeroth is because these night elves started going like, Arcane! Freaking Arcane! That's what they did. Anyway, so Xavius was talking to old Sargeras, and he's like, Hey, um, this is really cool. You're a big, titany looking guy. and Well, you know who likes really big, titany guys? My boss, Queen Ashara. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. She, she, she really liked them. She really did. She's like, really, well, really, really. Everyone down here on Azeroth sucks. They could never please me. Mm-hmm. Well, so I'm going to need something bigger. A titan. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Xavius was quick to uh, inform uh, Ashara. was like, hey, found you something bigger. It's a titan. <laughs> and she's that, like, that would be bigger, yes. She's like, all I was looking for was Magnum, but titan will work. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Xavius was like, hey, hey there, lady. We found you uh, Sargeras, and he's going to do this whole thing where he's like, hey, you want to open the gate and let some of my people through? And uh, they'll take care of the rest. And they're like, sure, let them on in. I don't know. 
a little weird that they're just like, hey, you want to let my people in? They're like, yeah, let them in. So anyway, <laughs> this was the beginning of what would become the War of the Ancients, obviously. Their massive war between the Legion's forces and those still loyal to Queen Ashara and the Night Elves that had thought Queen Ashara was imprisoned by the invading demons. Because Queen Ashara was so cool. Even the people that was fighting against Queen Ashara's side was like, we must save Queen Ashara! <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> anyway, so the war wage, bleh, waged long enough. Is that, that feels waged. Wait, is it? Raged? Uh, rage sounds better. We'll go rage. War raged long enough for the, the dragon icebox to take notice <laughs> and for Deathwing to go insane and unleash his dragon soul and his former allies. You know, Malagos is like, I'm sad now. Yeah, that, that whole story. Yeah. After what was probably months of war, if not years, I don't know. They didn't really tell us. Now, uh, the demons were on the verge of victory and Sargeras was emerging from the Well of Eternity. He was all like looking like Kill Jaden. He was like, I'm coming through. Blah. And he's like, starting to come through. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Sargeras sounds like. Yeah, that's, that's what he sounds like. Anyway, so he's coming through his massive portal. He's coming on. He's coming through. Look out. Well, and they totally would have pulled it off if it wasn't for pesky Malfurion and Stormrage using the Dragon Soul to close the portal. But in doing so, he created a chain reaction that caused the Sundering. Thanks, Malfurion. A lot of it's really cool. Well, anyway, this is the moment that split up the one massive landmass into separate continents that we're used to today. Thanks, Malfurion. But even though it was Malfurion and his pals that ended the war, it was Sargeras that started it. Kind of. This is true? Yeah. All right there, Allie, you want to take over the next bit? Egg, yes, yes, Egwin. I do. Eggwin, we'll talk about Eggwin. <laughs> so here we jump forward roughly 10,000 years. We need to kind of quickly cover who Eggwin actually was. Because she was the most powerful guardian of Tira's Fall that had ever lived. So quick explanations. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Or summary. I guess I love that line so much. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it's just, it's, I, I had to sum up a lot. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> the guardians and guardians. Wow. The guardians the of the galaxy. Guardian. <laughs> There's a singular guardian. That is the rule. There is only one. <laughs> the guardian of Tira's Fall was a creation of the Council of Tira's Fall, which was a secret organization tasked with hunting down and killing demons that showed up. Now the night elves that fought in the War of the Ancients, new demons were attracted to arcane magic. And so did the High Elves that were the descendants of the Night Elves. But the humans who were taught arcane magic by the High Elves didn't really know about this whole arcane magic attracts demons thing. Unfortunately, it was an issue. But rather than knock off the magic when they found out, the humans decided to form their magic user version of Men in Black to hunt down and destroy the demons. Hence, Council of Tears Fall, a.k.a. Men in Black. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good description. I like it. It's good. Well, one day, the Men in Black, I mean, the Council of Tears Fall, wasn't able to actually defeat a particularly powerful demon. That demon was Dreadlord named... Catherine Atir. Catherine Atir, yes. At first, I'm like, there's so many letters in there. There's a weird apostrophe. It's like, what? Yeah. These demons... Catherine Atir. And it wasn't just a, you know, Catherine Atir, you know, suit, like an Edgar suit. No, it was actually, there was a, a dreadlord named Catherine Atir. 
I tried to make a joke that was lame. Uh, <laughs> I decided to funnel. I like that Gersu thing. It's funny to me. Um, it decided to funnel a portion of all their power into a single member, giving them enough power to defeat this dreadlord, Catherine Adhere. But that person that accepted all that power was then known as the Guardian or the Guardian Tears Fall. And they would change who the Guardian was every 100 years. This process had been going on for quite some time when they finally, you know, had Egwin and Egwin refused to give that power back. So she was, she was going for past 100 years, wasn't she? Like she was 400 up to 700. 700, okay. Lots of years, lots of years. Anyway, Egwin was a damn fine guardian, but she didn't really trust the rest of the council that had empowered her because they just kept being like, well, hey, you want to give that power back, right? Like, you want to be done, right? She just kind of felt like they were just meddling too much in the affairs of the world when their only purpose was to protect the innocent from demons attacking. Well, that mistrust grew after she traveled to Northrend to deal with a demon that was wreaking havoc. And when she arrived at Northrend, she discovered that it wasn't any ordinary demon doing all this. It was an avatar of... Bum, 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 Sargeras. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was. I don't, have yep. my dry, so after, I don't have my dramatic button. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I did the noise. It's fine. Oh, okay. Dramatic. <laughs> uh, so they had a really intense battle and Eggwin won. So, which uh, there's a whole other, my brain's not going off in the whole, all the things with demon <laughs> stuff, but we'll just, we'll leave that there because that's, that's later. That's later. So Sargeras <laughs> had never intended to win that battle though. He actually was okay with her winning because after defeating the Avatar, Eggwin was just so exhausted that Sargeras was actually able to take up residence within her, basically corrupting her thoughts, taking advantage of her already existing mistrust of the council, all sorts of shenanigans. That's what they do. When it was her time to give up the power of the Guardian and to the next in line again, she refused and kept it for herself. Hundreds of years passed. And the council grew more and more impatient with her to the point that they started spending, sending specially trained mage hunters after her, known as the Terrace Guard. One particularly tenacious Terrace Guard was named Nihilus, Nihilus, Aran, Nihilus. Looks like Neil. Neil. Neil Aaron. Nihilus. Whatever. It's, yeah, it's it's fine. <laughs> so this 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 Mister here, Mister Tearscar dude, when he finally met Egwin, the stories he had been told of her turned out to be wrong, and the two became pretty close, and even closer, <laughs> and even closer. <laughs> and there's some birds and bees, and they had a son together. Yes, got got real close. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing about this is after the son. She basically woke up that wood next day and it was just gone. She's like, yep, you got a baby now. Bye. <laughs> I got guardian <laughs> things to do. Surprise. Hope you're ready to be a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so after centuries of being guardian, Egwin decided she would pass on the powers to her infant son. Not what the council wanted, but to her infant son. And then lock them away only to become active when he comes of age. But that wasn't the only thing she passed on to him. Surprise, Sargeras was now corrupting her son, Medivh. Because remember, he was all like in her and stuff, right? Corrupting her. And then Avon passed on her stuff to Medivh. 
That stuff includes Sargeras. It's all kind of hidden in there. Sargeras was like, don't mind if I do. All right. This is even easier. Like taking, right? taking thoughts from a baby or something. I don't know. It's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> that egg lady, okay. she's all strong and it's medieval, baby. It's like, dude, this is super simple. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So both of these things would be the downfall of Medivh, as you can imagine. When he was a teenager, his power suddenly unlocked. You know, puberty hits and things happen. And it just, it was just all too much for him. He unloshed and unloshed. Unloshed. That's not a word. <laughs> I get water. I need water. Just want to put that out. I just can't word. It's fine. It's fine. He unleashed a massive wave of arcane Killing his father, putting Medivh in a coma for almost 10 years. When he woke, he found out everything he did. And he also embraced his role as a guardian and did what he could. But eventually Sargeras would darken his thoughts to the point that Medivh now believed that when, not if, the Legion tried to invade again, Azeroth was not ready. It was fundamentally flawed and needed to be fixed. And he knew just the plan to fix it. War. Because war fixes everything, right? Yeah, it does. It's super, it's super helpful. Mm -hmm. How's those gas prices treating everybody right now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Medivh believed that if the world could unite under one banner to defeat an invading enemy, maybe then they would be ready when the Legion came. So he used his powers of the Guardian to explore different worlds across the cosmos until he found Draenor and the Orcs. He worked with Gul'dan <laughs> to construct a portal between Draenor and Azeroth. Because working with Gul'dan, again, another great idea. Never well, bites just you Well in the done. Ass. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. And this was all done with the belief that the Legion would return. And Medivh was the only one who could get the world ready for that kind of invasion. Kicked off the first war, which would directly lead into the second war. Yep. Thanks, Medivh. Th- you're thanks. The, you're the best. And your buddy Lothar <laughs> had to stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, before we jump into Warcraft 3 Ran of Chaos, I did want to add one little thing that I didn't add to the notes here, because this is just one of those things that always bugged me forever. And we kind of, kind of got an answer, and I feel like it's worth bringing up here. So, hey, remember how I told you Norganon was like, Hey, we're not dead. All our spirits went to Azeroth and they lived in the Titan Keepers, right? But then suddenly, during the Legion expansion, they showed up in the Antorus raid. And everyone went, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> well, there actually was an answer to that. Remember, where do all the Titan Keepers live? Mostly in Northrend, right? Mostly Northrend. Okay. Well, where was the Avatar of Sargeras? Northrend. There you go. That's all we need to bring up. That's basically the entire explanation we were ever given how the whole thing happened. But Avatar of Sargeras went to Northrend, was fussing around, and that's how he figured out that the Titan's spirits were up there. There you go. There's your answer. It's not a super satisfying one, but one That answer never satisfied me. It just left me money more. It's worthy of bringing up. It was not a Snickers. It is not a Snickers. No. But worth bringing up because... Yeah, if you're like me, you'd be like, how did they get there? Well, they kind of came up with an answer, kind of. Meh. 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 Yeah, exactly. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Warcraft 3, because Warcraft 1 and 2 were literally like a weekend apart. They just 
Orcs, orcs, <laughs> orcs fought us. Ah, they burned down Stormwind and then they lost. Thanks, Goldan. Literally, it was kind of his fault that they lost. Yeah, the yeah. War. yeah. I even remember that uh, that campaign setting where you're, you're gonna go kill Goldan. You're literally the the horde, and you turn around and you go kill Goldan. It's great. All right. <laughs> so, Warcraft Three: Reign of Chaos. Well, following the first and second war, the orcs were defeated and placed in internment camps, but were eventually broken out by Thrall when he was still very young. He was like 16 or 17, like super young guy. Yep. And during a vision, Thrall is told by who we find out later is actually Medivh because he was resurrected by his mama. It's a thing. It's in Chronicle. Uh, he needs to sail to the forgotten lands of Kalimdor. This is, in fact, where the Night Elves had been for the 10,000 years since the War of the Ancients. And they had been assuming the Legion would return one day. They never knew when. Because you never know. It's one of those things. You're just like, well, they're going to come eventually. But it's the Legion. They don't really work on our time. Good thing we have dragon aspects that made us immortal. Sweet. Well, the one person that really, really believed that was Illidan Stormrage. He's like, yes, they're coming back, baby. Mm-hmm. So, just like Medivh, he believed that the big threat, not just to Azeroth, but the universe, was the Burning Legion. And he was willing to do anything necessary to stop the Legion, even if it meant becoming part demon. Well, there are two parallel stories that need to be summarized to see what the Legion was up to. First up, we get the Legion or invading eventually it leads to one of Sargeras' lieutenants, Archimon, arriving and nearly destroying the world tree in Nordisel, but thanks to the Night Elves willing to give up their, their immortality to stop Archimon, that marked the Legion's third and failed attempt to destroy Azeroth. So, good job, Archimon. You lose. <laughs> Way to go, Wisps. Because, yeah. Right? Was, yeah. That was such a great scene. So many Wisps. So many. All right. Hey, remember that other episode we did? Lich King? All about Arthas? Yeah. Well, next up is the story of the Lich King. Well, if you remember anything about episode 55, which you probably do, you would remember that Ner'zhul was tortured by the Burning Legion, and he got a pretty good idea of what the Legion was capable of. So when he got tossed to Azeroth in a magical ice block, he was good with pretty much one idea. Proceed with the whole turn the population of Azeroth into zombies, but to protect the planet from the most serious threat, the Legion. Right? That's right. The Lich King's ultimate goal was to turn the entire planet into undead, so he'd be fully in control of everyone. This part of his plan was obvious, but everyone knew it. But the second reason, most people didn't know. He wanted this planet-spanning army to defeat the Legion when they tried to return. It's like everyone's like, I'm scared of the Legion. Yep, that's what it was. Oh my god. They're very scary. So, Allie, you want to take what's up? What happened in World of Warcraft? Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. In case, in case you don't know what happens in World of Warcraft. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> now that you understand why the first three wars can be blamed on Sargeras' meddling, you can probably understand why we never thought we'd ever deal with him unless it was truly the final expansion. He was kind of a big deal. He was the big bad. The first two expansions just seemed to kind of continue the story that had been started in Warcraft 3. The Burning Crusade, we later found out in the Illidan novel, was really him trying to find a way to strike at the heart of Arcus to cripple the Legion. When, and then in Wrath, we find out that Arthas's plan was to find the greatest champions and turn them into his personal death knights to lead his assault against the rest of the world. Both of these enemies' main goal was stopping the Legion from being able to invade Azeroth. But as soon as we hit Cataclysm, 
things started to shift a little bit. We had finally dealt with the Silich King and Illidan as well as even stopping Kill Jaden from coming through the Sunwell in the way that Jen just described a little go with the, the hands and the, like, the portal. Rah, rah, rah. He's like, <laughs> coming through. <laughs> <laughs> but even after Wrath, there was always that connection back to the Titans and Cataclysm. Nazoth was using Deathwing to bring about the Hour of Twilight and basically putting the old gods back in charge. Miss, we learned about the Mogu and Rathion warning that the Legion was the ever-present threat. Warlord of Draenor was Rathion's plan put in motion to create a unified force that could defeat the Legion. And then, after all of this, we finally got the Legion expansion. All of these stories that started with Medivh being corrupted and opening the Dark Portal are all due to Sargeras. So when we saw the supposed end of the Crusade, it felt like a moment of all right, that was fun. Good story, y'all. But obviously, that's not how they decided to wrap this story up. Even though it seemed like that was the end, because Argaris was dealt with, kind of. Yeah. So, what's next? Obviously, we all know, after Legion, we got Battle for Azeroth. And this honestly felt like this was the first real departure from what we were used to. Don't get me wrong, I personally enjoyed the story of BFA, but a lot of the community didn't. And I'm beginning to wonder if it was due to the lack of the cohesive thread that always led back to Sargeras. Because right? it was like, all right, well, that's over with. What What now? Anyway, so sure, we all know it was uh, his sword that caused the uh, you know appearance of Azerite, but that wasn't his, it wasn't his plan. Not like he was, he, not like, you know, that's not what he was doing. That wasn't his central plan of his, like trying to straight up invade the planet like he was doing. Mm-hmm. What we did get was a trip to Nihilotha. Yeah, because that was uh, interesting. Now, and this kind of brings us up to the present, Shadowlands. And here is where the story team is taking that same concept of the Titans and adding more detail around it in the form of the first ones. And the fact that there is more than just one pantheon. So, I hope you now see why I assumed Legion would have been the, the last story they ever dealt with. But it doesn't surprise me that it wasn't. And now that I see where the story is headed into Dragonflight, I'm glad it wasn't the end. So, here is where we can kind of do just a little teeny tiny, teeny, just a little bit of this. I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. Okay. Tiniest, tiniest wading into the kiddie pool spoilers. We're not going to spoil any of the story because I don't even know it. Literally, I don't, just, I don't know Just dip in toes. Just dip in toes. Yeah, dip in toes. Right? Just like a little dip and dot. Imagine if you get a whole thing of dip and dots, you eat one dot. All you got. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So without giving any real details away, I'm just going to pose a couple questions to get you thinking about the next episode. We can discuss this a little bit. We can discuss this because we got, we, got, we got some time. Yeah, let's have some fun with this. So what if the old, what if the old gods weren't actually evil? And what if the Titans weren't good beings that came to clean up the horrible mess that was the old gods, but simply conquerors or even colonizers that tried to eradicate the culture of the Black Empire? Maybe. I mean, we saw, well, we've seen a few times in the past how the light wasn't necessarily the best. And sure, the Titans are all about that order, but are, 
just because things are ordered in their opinion doesn't mean it's ordered in the way that some of the other cosmology forces and powers and whatnots would consider to be ordered. Mm -hmm. Maybe they are conquerors. That's definitely a thought. Yeah. So the reason I bring this up is we do have a little, little, little bit of information that was released and I read. It was one of those in-game books. Probably going to dedicate an entire episode on just that. Probably the next episode. But I think I really like where this book, and we're not going to go into too many details yet. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna tease it. We're going to tease it. <laughs> it's because it really is kind of asking this question where what if these old gods aren't actually evil, right? They're just they're just doing their thing. Because if you put kind of put yourself into the point of view of the the old gods or the void lords, they're just like, probably why why what's so different from us versus you know the orderly ones just because we like to see things orderly and we enjoy stuff you know things in the world unlike void you know it's just all kind of a different perspective just like you know Allie brought up a, a good point of you know everyone felt a little uh, uneasy when uh when zero was saying like come on man everyone's doing it everyone's everyone's going light forge man like come on Cleanse your scars. I'll heal them away. Ella didn't love. Ella didn't, didn't like that. He didn't like that one bit. So, what if the same thing could be said about these titans? I mean, everyone kind of knows Odin's kind of a big d bag because of what he did to Helia. True. True. So, it's not. It's not that all that far fetched that hey, maybe Papa Amonthul wasn't exactly you know a, uh, a stellar person. Because if we go back to our little quote that we uh, kind of kicked a lot of this conversation off with chronicle was written from a titan perspective so maybe they kind of whitewashed a lot of their history maybe they made themselves to be the good guys in their books it could be and because that's what we knew for so long you know for so long chronicles were they were it right and you know granted this new route they might be going in or at least teasing on or contemplating on and this whole thing of, oh, well, it was written from the Titans' perspective. Maybe that wasn't the original intention with Chronicles. And maybe them saying, oh, that's just a perspective is Blizzard's way to just try to give them some breathing room to add to the story. Yeah. But it, it is interesting to go from you know what we knew for so long to, oh, hey, the light isn't the good guys. And maybe the Titans were a little, a little iffy, too. Then again, I also think the old gods aren't great either. So I feel like neither of them are great, maybe. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, what is the the like the thing about the old gods, right? Where that that makes them evil, right? They drive you insane, right? They drive you crazy. Yeah. Well, why do they drive you insane? Is it maybe because they just have so much knowledge to give to you? It's a little overwhelming. It just kind of makes you go batty because they're the ones that are like, hey, man, anything's possible. Any like, hey, whatever you think, your truth is your truth. You know, we're the you know thousand truths, right? Kind of that, all that kind of stuff. That would drive me a little crazy if it's like, well, how does all these different things be true at the same time? It's like, hey, man, it's just a matter of perspective. Look, you just got to look at it from our, our point of view because we're kind of like more of the. I think you know us living creatures, human beings in real life, we're kind of more comfortable with the the lights point of view. 
right? Of the, there is a single. That's fair. There's yeah. a single truth. But if you look at it from the other point of view, they're like, no, there's not just one. There's multiple truths. And that's probably why it drives you insane. So when people go, <laughs> they go crazy. We're like, that's not good. That's that's really not healthy. Because, you know, really not. You know, you turn out to be like, what was that guy's name? Akamot in his dream journal, right? All that crazy crap. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you get stuff like that. So I can totally see why they can take this very kind of what seems straightforward and twist a little bit. Because, I mean, if you think of it, like as we went through in today's episode, it was, hey, we got Medivh. Sargeras was infecting him. They, you know, orcs came and invaded. And that's the first first and second war, basically. Third war is, hey, the Legion's here. Hey, everybody, it's the Legion. We kicked him out. Thanks, Night Elves. And then we got Lich King stuff. And then, oh, World of Warcraft. And all this crazy crap that's happening. And then we find out, hey, this onion goes deeper than just Sargeras. There's more to it than that. Maybe he was a, maybe there was a little bit of truth to it. Maybe what, uh, as we now know, the 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 freaking uh, the freaking dreadlords that were telling them that were saying like, hey man, what about the void lords? Spooky, spooky, just drove them batty. <laughs> so, who who knows who the uh, the good or the bad, or if there is really any good or bad in these stories? It's all kind of like went from a weird point of view, and then it winds up being really weird when we obviously have to pick sides. When we go into raid situations. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah. hey, they got loot. I'm going to take them down. <laughs> we're, we're on the side of loot. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, if, if you really look at it and you look at the cosmology powers that be, they're, they all kind of just want to be in power. Like, they want to be the conquerors. They want to be in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. Each of them. Yeah, I'm not saying any Each of them, of them. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Like, I mean, for the longest time, Titans were the good ones. But if you really, if you really, really think about it, it could they could be brought to question. You know, it's just it just seems to yeah. me like the Titans were the first one that got a good foothold into reality. Cause, right. Because if you look again, you can look at that cosmology chart. The Titans are like solidly like boop right there in the, in the little circle for order. Right. That it's it's not like. Oh, the Titans are over here in the, in the Azeroth. No, they're over in order. I mean, for God's sakes, we killed a Titan and it took out the Arbiter. That's that was messed up. That wasn't supposed to happen because it's they're not from there. They're not. It's not a normal soul. It was a, it was a big old Argus soul. Yeah, big old Argus soul took out the Arbiter. Right. So, yeah, and, and now we we're learning that hey, they hatch from planets and like mm, how they get there. Hmm? How you impregnate a planet with Titan juju? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they flung a little bit of old god goodness, and it just—that's what they did. And then they're—they're they're flinging some stuff out of the world, and they're seeding those planets, and then they grew and then they hatched. And <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to do that whole face palm my 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 mic here thing. Head, head. instead of head desk, it's head mic. <laughs> Try not to do that right now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and like I said, without getting into the the little lore book that we're going to rip to shreds in the next episode, because I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, honestly, a lot of this episode was kind of just setting this, uh, setting that next episode up. Because, oh man, I'm excited, and we're just about to get ready for freaking uh, pre patch coming up here, right? 
Yeah. So I think I think over the next you know few episodes we're gonna start easing into talking a little bit more about things to come and what we're learning and then dragonfly to hit like dragonfly will hit and then there'll be a bam dragonfight. That'll be a dragon. Be an avalanche of dragony goodness lore and apparently some titan stuff too because it's there apparently it's definitely there yeah it's all it's all interwoven and and good sits in there it's all seeping in it's all they really they really jammed it up in there (laughs) of course they're they got tony 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 yeah that guy Kornos or whatever his freaking real name is he's like turning the little dial and he's like hey i'm a titan watcher I don't know. There's obviously <laughs> Titans. So there's obviously Titans. They're all up in there. Based on all that that you just said, obviously there's Titans. Obviously. It's not just dragons. There's Titans up in there. <laughs> obviously. I mean, we've covered this in ad nauseum at this point where it's like, hey, dragons became dragons because the Titans were like, hey, you won't be a dragon. Not just a, not just a proto-drake. Mm-hmm. Like we don't use that term, protodrake. That's kind of offensive. That's like saying that we're kind of less than. Um, but dragon that kind of <laughs> sounds fun. That sounds fun. Like yeah, I guess protodrake is a little rude. Um, thinking that there are no dragons yet because we haven't made you, so we're saying that you're like bad dragons. So sorry about that. Um, you want to be better? <laughs> 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 and then Odin said, "No, God." No, God, please, no, 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 no. <laughs> With his big fiery beard. It's true. It's true. He did. He did. He got very upset and he peaced out. And we're going to talk more about that next episode. Literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. Super duper literally. <laughs> yeah, it just, just was like, no, don't like that. I'm out. <laughs> he just left. That's what he did. Well, speaking of peacing out, and that's what he did. You got anything else to add to this beautiful, wonderful story all about Sargeras and why he is the center of attention for so long? And now he has kind of been put on the shelf since Legion. We haven't heard from him. Nor Illidan. Hmm? Nothing else, really. It's it's definitely, it's, it's interesting to think of things from that perspective and remember just how much of the story revolved around Sargeras being the big bad and what they've tried to do since he was benched. Yeah, speaking of benched, is he coming back? I'm sure he will at some point in, I don't know, 11-0, 12-0, maybe. You know, this whole little cyclical story and all this kind of fun stuff, you know it would actually be really entertaining if the reason they let him out is because basically, like, some big force, kind of like the Legion, was invading, similar to Tehran to let Illidan out. Someone would be like, hey, I'm a tool. Let's start Garrus out. And Illidan's like, you know, man, Tyrande did it for me. All right. Makes sense. Let's so let Sarge out. Let's see what he can do. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the last expansion of World of Warcraft. Yeah. Void Lords are here. OMG. Let Sargeras out. Look, Sargeras is back and we've come full circle. And he saved the day and stole our killing blow as they tend to do the end. Yeah, and then it'll be like, and it was, it was all the friends we made along the way. It's the truth. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Because I am, 
I, I I'm at the point where I really want to talk about that book, but I'm not going to yet. Next episode, we'll, Next, we'll, we'll yeah, dive in. Yeah, it'll be great. Oh, it's it's very. It, it made me go like, yep. I'll, put it, I'll just I'll just say this before we wrap up. You ever read something or you you see just a little bit that finally your something finally goes? Oh yeah, I'm 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 excited now. I'm I'm looking forward to that. that <laughs> that's what this book did for me and Dragonflight. Because me and Dragonflight, we were like. Yeah, sure. I mean, it looks fun, like all the stuff. I don't know anything about the story, so I'm not trying to keep that off to the side. But just this, this one little in-game book that I read made me go, nice. All right, I'm, I am here for it. I'm all, all right, let's do this, Dragonflight. I am all jazzed up <laughs> and ready to learn all of the crazy crap that is to come over the next couple of years. So, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, that's that's my way of saying, hey, Allie, prepare to be awkward again, or, I guess, or something <laughs> I'm awkward all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> Again. <laughs> this is like the Incredible Hulk, don't you know? That's my secret. I'm awkward all the time. <laughs> I'm the Incredible Hulk of Hulk at awkwardness. I just know how to put on a mask and kind of you know disguise it when I need to. And the times I just go on full on awkward. <laughs> I like this analogy. I'm here for it. <laughs> hey, you're ready for me to go full on awkward. <laughs> hey, we're at the end of the show. Guess what? It's time to think about the patrons. Because earlier in the show, I was like, hey, end of the show. Welcome to the end of the show. So it's probably the show where we say a quick thank you to all the patrons that support us and keep the show going. Seriously, each of you, we appreciate all of you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you would like to join their ranks and support this show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash live, laugh, lore. And we also, in addition to thanking all the patrons, we like to spay. spay. <laughs> what? Spay and neuter our animals? <laughs> like Bob Barker always tells don't us Don't worry, to. don't worry, patrons. We're, we're not going to do that to you. No, no, it's not in the it's not nope. in the contract. Nope, that's not that the rewards. <laughs> that's the hidden top tier reward. <laughs> no one's unlocked it yet. <laughs> Crying, laughing so hard. You know how when you like laugh so hard, but you're trying to keep it in and you start crying instead. Yeah, that's what's happening right now. Anyways, hi, patrons. Everything's still intact. Don't worry. <laughs> Is it though? Because <laughs> I still can't talk. Oh, it's oh, beautiful. It's beautiful. Anyways, top patrons who have not been spayed from us. I can <laughs> see full full on awkward alley mode. It's great. <laughs> we have great. Daniel Dupree. I'm I'm just moving on. We're just we're doing this. We're doing it's fine. Daniel Dupree, Mar, I grow tired of torturing Jin. Gone fishing. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were laughing about that in the pre-show. That was uh well done. Well done. <laughs> Uh, Ickis, <laughs> Sarith, Nadun, Vanderlyle, Mud, Chris Malore, Dungeon Master Burke, and Dracorus. 
top patrons who have not been spayed neutered by us. Thank you so much for your support. We really, really do truly appreciate it. Yeah, all the best. Appreciate you all. You're so fantastic. Oh my God. I'm dying over here too. What's going on? Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Yeah, all right, everybody. We got the giggles up? Yeah, we got them out now. Kinda. Uh, <laughs> today I want to tell a little quick story about Mushraf Ashkar. When he was in school, he suffered from a stammer and he got help from a teacher. So let's have a listen to what that was like. Teachers are vital. They make children dream bigger, strive harder and achieve things they didn't know they were capable of. They are wonderful. Every time I watch this, it reminds me how important they are. Look how this teacher changes this boy's life. Hello. Musharraf has had a severe stammer since childhood. On top of his English lessons, Mr. Burton is giving Musharraf extra help outside the class. Today, he wants to talk to him about an important part of his English GCSE, the speaking exam. If I give you something to read out, oh, yeah. okay, I am your audience. Okay. Tap it out as much as you need. Sing it if you need to. Uh, 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 right, one thing, and, and it's only because I watched the King's speech quite recently. All right, okay. one thing he does, right, when the because it's a very similar thing to you, in that you just can't get the words out. But what one thing he does do is he makes him listen to some music, right, and then when he's listening to the music, gets him to do it again. Okay. Yeah? Okay, that's right. Go for it. One, two, three. The eye on this is the same moment when the trees unloose their soft arm from around you. The birds take back their language. The cliff. Fisher. The, the cliffs of Fisher and collapse. The air moves back from you like a wave and you can't breathe. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, yes, sir. Come on. I wanna thank you. Uh, I want to thank you today for letting me speak in front of all of you. I wanna ex especially thank Mr. Burton for uh, for helping me overcome my stammer. I really want to thank you all for listening, and I hope the best for all of you. To all my. Uh, hello, students and teachers. All right. Now, if you are wondering what happened to Musharraf, um, because this actual little story was from quite a while ago. Uh, I think that was actually, I don't know, it was on like a Channel 4 or something like that on the BBC or something like that. Ah, I don't know. Uh, we'll just, it's, it's, a, it's a story that happened in the uh, UK. You get the idea. But anyway... Here's that. Here's actually a little update. If you didn't know what he was up to these days, you know, maybe you saw this back in the day. You were just kind of, hey, what happened to him? Well, he's a motivational speaker and journalist now. In fact, I'll let you know how he's doing directly from his website in his own words. He says, my name is Musharraf Askar, uh, better known to many as Mushi. I'm 24 years old, the youngest of five siblings, and I am a keynote speaker with a stammer. Since my story was first told on Channel 4's documentary school, Educating Yorkshire, there you go, Channel 4, I have devoted my years of spreading awareness about stammering and motivating those who feel life has set them back to be resilient in the wake of their vulnerability. 
My journey began with the words of a doctor who told me at the age of five, I would never speak again. For years, I believed him, but these words eventually fueled me with the grit and determination to push myself beyond what I was deemed capable of. The lengths I stretched to speak saw me practicing at every opportunity, from talking out loud by myself in the mirror to reading the credits of the movies I watched. I grasped at my speech wherever I could. So there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, so it, he actually has a website. You can look him up and you could book him to be a, a keynote speaker at your next <laughs> your next corporate event. Yeah, I was actually watching some of his like uh, more recent stuff and I was kind of blown away when I saw this. I was actually, I found this story on Reddit and they were just like, oh man, look at this amazing story. And then, you know, I didn't know anything about this, you know, Educating Yorkshire documentary se- series or anything like that. Um, and I was just kind of curious to what he was up to now. And yeah. It's been uh, several years uh, since you're doing it. And yeah, like I said, he's a he's a motivational speaker and kind of tours the country uh, given speeches, which, he, you know, given the uh, diagnosis that he received at such a young age, never thought he would. But I just thought that was a, a freaking amazing story worthy of sharing here today. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with that, we'll go ahead and uh, get on out of here. Thank you so much for listening to Live Laugh Floor. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at livelaughfloorcast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughfloor, and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash and you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at joint, and you can follow Ali at Ali Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. <laughs>